Hello and welcome in everybody to episode 110. That's 110 episodes of the Bases Loaded podcast. I'm your host, Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. And you can hear me kind of laughing because Zach's over here muted because I gave him a hard time before we started. And he's like joking with me and I can't handle it. But Zach's here. George is here. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter. It's at uh, George is at Roto underscore Nino. Zach is at Braff Z. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Zach, you can talk now, buddy. Come mute yourself. How you doing, man? <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? I hate you. Uh, George, what's up, man? What's up? What's up, man? I'm over here. Um, you know, California's locked down again, so I'm making the best of it, drinking a margarita. <laughs> uh, you love your margaritas, dude. I noticed that. Yep, yep. I have I'm a Chick-fil-A never, drink. I'm never drinking again. Oh, you had one of those nights. July 4th. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, you were, uh, you were texting. You were having fun. Send some drunk don't. texts. It's uh oh, that's a nice little glass you got there, George. Oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it funny that as you get older, your drunk texts go from being to girls to being your friends and just randomly talking about random stuff. God, that's how you know you're getting old when you lose. Like when you when you stop with the whole drunk texting women and you're drunk texting your friends because yeah, you already have a wife. Let me let me drunk text my podcasting buddies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I drunk text you and I was talking about how Giancarlo Stanton is a horrible choice. Yeah, that's all that's all, like like that's what we do when we drunk text now. That is I life. Was, I was yeah. kind of coherent then. That made sense, at least to me. Well I mean some of the words probably were misspelled and awkward, but I, I knew what you were trying to I knew the message you were trying to convey. But all right. Um with that said, episode 110, and we're going to, it's going to be kind of, it might be a little bit longer because we're going to do a little bit of news and notes because there's so much and there's been a lot since we've talked. I did a solo pod because just our, I even said it, our schedules just didn't line up well. So I was like, let me get something out there. I put some uh, solo pods out. So we're going to try to catch up on some of the news, get your thoughts on it. And then we're going to dive into waiver wire. And I know waiver wire, it's crazy to even say that, but we finally can. I feel like we can finally talk about it. It's finally relevant again. People are playing some leagues out. People are still drafting. Waiver wire is very much still alive and well and hasn't been talked about. So hopefully we set a trend. Maybe people will see what we did and be like, you know what? We could they jump because everyone's covering the same stuff. Everyone's talking about risers and fallers and this and that. And we've done it for so long. I'm just ready to talk in season stuff. And there's a lot of these guys going on COVID IL, which we'll talk about a few tonight that haven't come back yet either. There's a lot of needs. So we can talk about we're going to try to cover it from everything from your shallower leagues. We're going to do 30% to 20%. We're going to do 20% to 10%, and this is ownership per Yahoo Leagues. And then I'm going to hit up the uh, the 10 and under, and then we'll throw a few like you know lower 2%, 1% guys out there, just guys that for your deeper leagues. So we're going to try to cover all formats because we know we have a little bit of everybody listening in. But right before we get to the news and notes, we're going to take a quick break. You're going to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. What is going on, everybody? Mike Curlin here from the Bases Load Podcast. And just a reminder, for those who don't know, we have teamed up with Rotoballer this year for the 2020 season, which means we're joining the Rotoballer Radio Podcast Network. Since 2013, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball players as their fix for in-depth MLB analysis and player news. If you haven't heard, 
Roadballer's 2020 Draft Kit is live, and all Bases Loaded listeners can get 10% off Roadballer's Draft Kit by using discount code BASESLOADED. Roadballer is home to number one fantasy pros accuracy ranker Nick Mariano. Nick's 2020 rankings and projections are available as part of Roadballer's Draft Kit, along with printable cheat sheets, draft sleepers and busts, and more than 300 2020 player outlooks and tons of in-season tools. All of this from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with discount code BASESLOADED. Just go to rotoballer.com slash BASESLOADED and get your draft kit today. So news and notes, we'll start right at the top. A couple things actually happened after I wrote up this thing, so I just put them through them right at the top. Jordan Hicks opts out. We have Giovanni Gallegos, who's still out on COVID leave or IL. Does this make Ryan Helsley the closer right away, George? You're the bullpen guy. You tell me. Is Carmart a deal? Like, what's up? Yeah, so that pretty much secures Ryan Helsley uh, for sure as the St. Louis closer. Uh, he's been he was mentioned, you know, before the the shutdown, and again uh, recently by uh, the GM. Um, so Helsley, but now really, I mean, with with Hicks out, and then with Gallegos not reporting yet, uh, you know, Carlos Martinez, who's slated to start out of the pen as well. I mean, they could lean on him heavily uh, for you know as a multi inning guy. So that that's interesting, you know. The middle reliever is going to be huge, and like picking up, you know, those vultured wins and stuff. So, Carlos Martinez becomes even more interesting now if they're going to have to rely on him a bit more early on. Would you agree with that for the most part, Zach? I know I told you we weren't going to do everybody's opinion on everything, but George being the bullpen guy, I don't want to leave you out of it again. I kind of, I think I spoke my piece on the Gallegos thing. I want to get your quick thoughts, Zach. Do you just agree with George? Is it that simple? Yeah, I agree. I mean, early on, I. A lot of people were drafting Carlos Martinez as a starter, and I, I really just never thought that he was going to be able to build back up that uh, that stamina to be a long-term starter again. So I agree. I think he's going to be more of like a high-leverage reliever and definitely somebody to target in a shortened season. And cool uh, recent news. I just pulled up Roto World because why not? Brandon Workman will open the 2020 season as the team's primary closer. We anticipated that, but to see that kind of out loud is kind of nice. That kind of just kind of you know solidifies that whole thing, and we're just I'm just looking at some. I was looking for the Byron Buxton to see if there's anything updated because we saw that he was carted off. Apparently, they they're they're cautiously optimistic according to like this most recent update, and that the like, exam on his left foot doesn't didn't show anything serious. Still, any type of setback, any type of injury, you got to monitor closely because. We don't know. Uh, he could be okay in a couple of days. He could miss a few. Uh, right now, this like if you're drafting today or tonight or tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, look for the most latest news on him because he was somebody that was getting kind of a little bit of hype going into this draft season 2.0 for the speed aspect of things. He's more of a guy that now I'm back. You know, just anything else, COVID, injury, shortened season, I'm backing up anybody who has a chance to miss even the smallest amount of time. Although now I'm kind of wondering, maybe you guys feel differently. I'm kind of wondering, like, are we overly – worried about people missing time because it looks like almost everybody's gonna miss some form of time either they're gonna have a delay in their testing because the test if the testing's already being delayed this far into spring training or summer training whatever you want to call it are we gonna have that issue in season are players gonna have to uh you know sit out games because of waiting for test results or just a whole bunch of little things like maybe people missing time is getting overblown what do you have to say about that zach yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that we're going to see players missing time. They're going to be waiting for testing to come back. I mean, we saw that story the other day about how uh, I think it was a Royals backup catcher, how yeah. he, he took the test, he played in the game, and then the next morning he got the test results back and he tested positive. So who knows who else that was playing in that game was put at risk as well. But MLB just needs to Everybody that came within five feet of him or six feet yeah, of him? Yeah, it's, it's just it's, – it, 
the whole testing system right now is just out of whack. And oh, you're uh, hearing you're hearing teams going out of like some of them are doing private contracts. Like they have places yeah. privately contracted to do testing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. You're going to see players sitting because they didn't get back test results and whatnot. But it's good to see some of these guys that haven't been in camp yet that are kind of just coming in and they they're already at. I think it was like Josh James. The news came out today. He's been out of camp for for pretty much the entire time so far. He came in today and he was already throwing um, like five or six innings, like 70 pitches worth, which is good news. Uh, so hopefully a lot of these guys, even though they haven't reported yet, they're still staying in game shape as long as they haven't tested positive. Maybe they, uh, they're they asymptomatic or uh, maybe they were just around people uh, that were testing positive. But it's good to see that some of these guys are staying in game shape and are almost ready to go. Well, you have anything to add to that, George, and just your thoughts on Buxton as a whole? Um, well, I think – what you're going to see is essentially what we can expect for 2020 is a whole, you know, crapshoot essentially um, just across the board. You know, it's just this whole season is going to be a crapshoot um, as far as Buxton goes. I mean, as wild as the season has been, some things just don't change, do they? I mean, we see <laughs> Buxton, uh, you know, our Judge. Uh, Aaron Judge is already dinged up and Nick Senzel. I mean, three guys. I mean, who who would have thought, right? Yeah. Um, what are the odds? Apparently very good. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I, it does make me wonder if uh, Buxton is going to miss, uh, you know, extended time if they fast track someone like Alex Kirillov or uh, Trevor Larnick. Those are the two names you text about instantly. So I was waiting for you to throw those in there. Yeah, I'm just looking at a bunch of the stuff, man. I mean, this is not new news, but Jordan Alvarez, Jose Arquiti, both of them are assumed to have COVID. No actual like confirmed case. But Dusty's pretty much Dusty Baker's pretty much come out and said <laughs> they like it is COVID without saying it's COVID. Like, do like they they're missing time. The wording is really like obvious. It's like due due to not being able to meet the protocol necessities yeah. or whatever he says. Like something is it's all, the word the way he words. It's like hey, they have COVID, dude. Like well, that's pretty much what they're saying. It's just strange because like we've seen we've seen like these quote unquote reports, um, but it's been very different. Like we've seen like Scott Kingery's case like. Uh, or I'm not sure if it was it was like a handful of Phillies that had actually tested positive before um, the you know they reported and stuff and and they were actually doing fine you know much better and and already reported to camp um, and then like Josh James was on the COVID watch list you know it, that was speculation but it turns out he was actually delayed because he he the uh, birth of his child um, so I mean it's just we just don't know it's just so no crazy. you're right. And yeah. <laughs> I, is it, I guess it's fair to just say that anybody with COVID that's currently going through the whole process, you got to drop them down a round or two. We're talking even Freddie Freeman, Jordan Alvarez takes a ding. Jose Arquiti is a guy that if he was like somebody I was interested in, now I'm just going to fade him and go with other guys in that ADP area, the Mitch Keller types. I think Tony Disco was in that area as well. That's just mm-hmm. my thoughts on it. And then you have, like, like I said, you have Aaron Judge over here. Like He's not testing positive, but he's a guy that I'm I'm not buying in on at all. And I know he's not – there's a Mets guy on this list, Zach, so we'll get to that shortly. But Aaron Judge, he's obviously dinged up. The neck is possibly an issue. They, he says he slept on it wrong. What are your thoughts on Aaron Judge this year? He, I'm surprised he's even going to be ready. They say he should be ready by opening day. I am not going anywhere near Aaron <laughs> Judge. Nowhere. I'm looking up his not, even, not even close. I mean, figure Judge is going to miss – sometime at some point this season mm-hmm. in a 60 game season is it really worth risking a second third round pick 
for somebody that might be out a week or two? Well, he's going a little later than that. He's actually going about uh, – I'm looking up strictly July ADP. Small, right. a Kind of a small sample size, about 30 drafts, but that's obviously the most relevant ADP. He's going at about just at about pick 60, 59.97. So in a 12-team what is that? Uh, that's five. That's fifth round. We're still, but you're still looking at names like literally, right? Pretty much the same exact ADP is him. He's sandwiched between Guerrero and Jimenez, both of which obviously I think we all agree want ahead of him. But he's still oh, going yeah. to have guys like Machado, even Stanton. I'd rather have. And I know you're not a Stanton guy, but he's a guy. At least he's healthy-ish. And then guys like Rizzo, who's fallen a little bit. Looks like Suarez. Like I don't understand why Judge is a top 100 guy. I really like all those names that you just said over him. Even even Stan. I'm taking yeah. Stan over Aaron Judge at this point. Um, he he may return to MVP type form, but I think there's going to be uh, at least a week or so of him being hurt or just banged up. He might not even be on the IL. It might be just relegated to pinch hit duties because he's not 100%. I mean, he just he's he's got the injury prone label right now, and I'm completely avoiding unless unless he falls significantly and there's some serious value to be grabbed late. And he usually there's always one guy willing to take him at yeah. that, pr- yeah. that fifth round. There's a and Yankee I, fan in every draft, and they'll scoop him up. That's fine by me. I get it, but I'm not. It's almost like, and this is the one time I've come around on hedging my bets on these guys. Like he, he's at his price, he could be a league winner, I guess. But I don't know. I think there's there's a little more risk. There's a, a lot more risk with him at his price than um than the find, average guy. You can find similar power bats later that are probably going to stay more healthy well right now let me ask and seriously because we we're talking about aaron judge who's having like all these banged up and all these issues and all that and then you have miguel sano who's on this list to, to bring up real quick and he hasn't been clear to return yet sounds like i believe he was asymptomatic but sano is that type of guy you're mentioning later in drafts a little later he's going probably about 50 picks later 75 picks later right now he dropped a little bit with the whole covid thing but is he a guy that you rather have with the price differential, even though he's coming off COVID, or is that kind of a tough? But would you would you say Judge is closer to where Snow is versus Snow being? Is that what you're saying? Think, Maybe Judge uh, should be. I think they're pretty close. Uh, there's some major red flags for Snow as well. well just the, personal, just the, yeah. The personal issues <laughs> and just the general inconsistencies from the past few seasons. Um, so I would I would put them pretty close together. Honestly, that that's a really tough one. I don't know which one I'd rather have between the two. Honestly, I might lean judge just because i think the personal issues may uh may kind of take over a little bit but there's guys going later that i think are similar type players to aaron judge you got guys like cj crone who's tremendous value late you got guys like hunter renfro like big power bats late that that's what you're investing in aaron judge for the power so um i'm i'm fading judge i'm really not touching him like i said unless he falls significantly all right, and George, how do you feel quickly? Uh, just your quick. Sorry, thoughts on I, 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 did I, a mic, I did a mic rant there. No, it's yeah, okay. I, I just wanted to get his quick thoughts before we moved on. I don't want either of these guys to be honest, but if I had, <laughs> one, uh, I guess I would go judge. And but that's the thing, you won't get judged because the fact that you're saying I get like we're all saying I guess we'll go yeah. judge. Yeah. It's that means we expect judge to be in that ADP range, and he's not. So that just goes to show you that we're all pretty much out on his going price right now. Let Stick it be with some, the, Let it be somebody else's problem. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm kind of with you on that for sure. And sticking with the Yankees, Chapman tested positive for COVID-19. Or oldest Chapman, that is. They say Britain is the next man up. They're so loaded in that bullpen. I could see Ottavino getting some uh, chances. Maybe Conley sneaking a few in. What are your thoughts on Britain? And we actually have a question, so maybe I'm dropping the gun. Maybe we should just answer that question right now. We'll get to the as far as Fab goes. 
But uh, what are your thoughts on Britain as a whole? Do you think he's next man up and worth going out and getting right now, George? Aaron Boone actually came out and said, well, you know, Britain would naturally be the guy to, you know, slot right in there um, as the ninth inning guy. So as far as saves go, I, I like, you know, Britain there. Uh, but I think everybody, at least early on, gets a little boost there. Like if you're in a holds league, I really love Tommy Conley, um, Adam Onovino, and then Chad Green. Chad Green is someone I really like as well. And that kind of, like I said, we're supposed to be answering questions at the end of the show, but we're going to skip ahead and grab one here because it just kind of lines up. It's at Big League Wood. He wants to know what percentage for what percentage for Britain, and by by percentage he means Fab. In gen- I thought about this. I honestly thought about this quite a bit, probably more than I should have, because I'm because I actually own Chapman a lot, but mostly in leagues that don't have waivers like DCs and stuff. For those who don't know, those are draft champions, essentially uh, draft and holds. And I was just thinking about it. I'm like, if I'm not the Chapman older holder, or oh sorry, if, if I don't have Chapman on my team, I should say, I don't know how much I really want to get Britain. I think I'm more, more I'd be more aggressive with the Fab as much as like ten to twelve percent even, which sounds like a lot, but that's like. 10 or 12 bucks out of 100, which might not even win them. I just think I want to save my fab for the, you know, I think there's going to be guys with more of a secure role for saves a little later on in the season. I understand wanting the next man up in, in New York because obviously it's the Yankees, but we still have 10 days. I'm not saying um, Chapman's going to come back and be healthy within those next 10 days, but that's still 10 days of him getting better and and possibly, you know, getting getting to a point where he's ramping up again. And he might Chapman might only miss the first week or two of the season. And if that's the case, you just blew. Like if you go out and blow a, a whole load of fab on them, it could be for nothing. It could be very, very, very minimal uh, production in return. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe ten percent. If you're if you're desperate, fifteen percent. But I wouldn't go way anything above that. That seems like that feels like a lot to even say. Go go and spend. But you're gonna see it. Saves are tough, especially if people already drafted and are hurting for them. Yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, unless you're the Chapman owner, I wouldn't go too far out of my way to try to get Britain just because, I mean, he could be the closer for maybe a week um, or, so or a month, though. I mean, that is I mean, or a month. I mean, yeah, that, so you got to think about that. But I, I just that's why I'm like, I'm kind of like, so I'm like, that is an outcome, but I'm not betting on that outcome. Right. Yeah. I could really see them doing it completely situational. I could see Adovino getting some save chances. I could see Chad Green getting some save chances. So I, I, even though Britain technically is the next man up, I, I could see there being some situations where it's a, a right-handed dominant part of the order due up in the ninth, and they might go Adovino because he's he's much better against righties. Well, I was um, saying is Britain is a lefty. People And lefties aren't usually – like closers aren't usually lefties for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think he thrives in more of a, a middle to late inning setup type role. So I could definitely see Chad Green. Uh, I agree with George there. I think Chad Green is a great name to watch this season in a shortened season. But yeah, Britain, I, I agree. I wouldn't put too much too much fab stock into uh, to Britain because, I mean, who knows? We, we're seeing guys that are testing positive and they're coming back relatively quickly. I mean, we, don't, we have no idea how long. Uh, did Chapman just test positive or yeah, he- a couple days ago, I think. And he's showing mild symptoms, which if it's the beginning, my parents, it sounds like my dad might have it, unfortunately, as well. Poor guys. My mom's oh, been, she, yeah, no, she's been keeping me up. This, my mom's just getting over it. Uh, took her, but they're older, uh, 50 something and 60. So they're a little older, but they're doing fine so far. But regardless, and I hate to share, I'm not trying to be a downer or personal news, but it's just my experience with it has been that. And no, I'm, I'm really glad they're doing well, man. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. And, and um, unfortunate. Sorry that they have to go through that, but 
I'm no, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to take my personal experience and yeah. transition it over to this. And it's hard because they're older. You don't know how it's going to, how it's going to affect yeah. them. But my mom started with a very mild, you know, some mild symptoms and it just kind of went full blast. My dad kind of started with just like the fever and stuff. And then it kind of just hit him real hard. Now it sounds like he's going to be, it sounds like he's kind of getting over like the worst first few days. And now going to going into like that recovery period where it's like another five to seven days of just crap. That's what their experience has been, but they're also older. So it's a little different. Chapman's what 30. We don't know if, and he's having mild symptoms. So maybe he recovers a little faster. We, I mean, we saw Kingery take a month to kind of get back to where he feels like he should be. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. That's my big thing is like everybody I've, everybody I've talked to, I've, I've talked to the coworkers have had it and everything. I've, I've spoken to them and on some of them that got hit by heart. It's like, yeah, it takes a couple weeks just to feel normal again. And now you're talking about guys like that have their athletes that need to get back up into like game, you know, game shape and up to speed with their like just everything. It's kind of it's tough. I mean, maybe that's what's keeping them healthier, making it easier for them to get through this because they're he- you know healthier than your average person. But at the same time, they have to try to compete and be a productive, you know, major league ball player. And that's not just something you can do after being down and out for a few weeks and losing some weight and stuff. I'm just all over. Like, I just don't know how to take when I hear mild symptoms. I honestly don't know what to think. Is it, are they going to get worse? Have they already gone through the worst? It's a huge gray area. Yeah. Where are you drafting Chapman? <laughs> like, cause he was a top three closer. Would you put him like around 10, like around the Brad hand area? Like, but if you take them, you kind of know you have to reach for Britain now. Yeah. It's, Anybody? it's, honestly, it's just, <laughs> Are you just avoiding them? Just letting somebody else deal again? Another headache you want to let somebody else deal with? I, I think, yeah, just with the unknown. Um, it's just not it's just something I'm going to avoid personally. Yeah. And this is why I think we're all trying to draft as late as possible here because mm-hmm. it, it's just it's just too hard to tell right now. Uh, there's just so many unknowns, and we need to have some more clarity on the situation before, honestly, before you can really give an, an accurate uh, response to your question here. It, it's just so hard at this point. I have... <laughs> Well, I, I'm at a loss of words. I don't know what to say. Get you a few more drinks. You have plenty to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's wrap up the notes here. A very, very few couple things. Uh, Kenley Jansen reported to camp. I'm back to kind of putting him back as like the, he was like my fifth closer. Kind of gets that bump to fourth now with Chapman dropping, obviously. Blackman's feeling well. Hasn't returned yet. I still think Blackman should be, you know, bumped a few rounds. Because, again, obviously it sounds like he hit him pretty hard because he's still kind of recovering which means like he might be just ramping up as like the next 10 days. He might get to camp in time, might be okay, but he's not going to be in game shape. He's not going to have those reps. It's going to be a, it might be a slow start for Chapman. So I'm kind of out on him anyway as well. And the last name I kind of want to talk to you about here on the notes is a uh, Cano Robinson. Cano hasn't been present for camp since July 6th. Anything you've heard about that, Zach, as a Mets fan? At a Mets camp, there really has been no news about this. Everybody's staying really quiet about this. Um, I don't know if it's him. It could be a family member. Um, could have just been somebody that he was around. There's just there's like no details. They're being very quiet about this. Um, it was Cano, and there was somebody else on the Mets that hasn't reported yet either. Um, you just know these things. I know. <laughs> And I had it before too. Um, Are they it, fantasy but... relevant though? <laughs> Probably not. Then I don't care. <laughs> no, I hope he's obviously I hope they're healthy. I'm just saying I don't. It's not going to bring anything. I guess what I was getting at with the Cano stuff was who benefits from this? Does Jed Lowry actually become a thing again? Mm, no. After all I, this time, 
I think honestly, what's probably going to happen is if if Cano is out, I think McNeil is going to be shifting over to second. I think you could see your boy JD Davis. There it is. That's Brad, all I wanted. Brad Brock, by the way, was the other name. I see. Um, so okay. not really fantasy relevant, but I think McNeil would slide over to second, and then JD Davis possibly to third. I think this opens up a slot for Cespedes as long as he's healthy. Uh, we'll talk about a little well, bit later. Actually, Dom Smith. It'll give Dom Smith the outfield shot. Suspect DH. The problem is, I really Dom Smith is a huge liability out in the outfield. So is JD Davis. So <laughs> I think I think JD Davis would see some playing time at third. Um, that's that's what I'm saying. Like essentially, all Mets pitchers get hurt by this defense, regardless. Yeah, they could do that, or they could go with more of a defensive alignment. They could put uh, Jake Marisnik out in center. They could put. Um, Nimmo and Conforto in the corners, Cespedes, DH, and then maybe like Luis Guillermo, who's a defensive specialist. Like he brings no offense to the table at all. But if they're trying to go the defensive route, they could do that. So they have a lot of different configurations. You could see Jed Lowry make an appearance if his leg doesn't fall off by then. Um, but it's. I laugh I because I picture my kids like action figures and my kids bring them all the time to me and the legs are just popped off. And that's why I'm picturing <laughs> a little action figure with the leg popped off and over here, like trying to just like one of those, like I'm fighting with it to get it back on. Finally pops into place. And like two hours later, they bring it back to me. Broken. He's actually, he actually looked pretty good. He hit a, uh Oh, oh, you're going to get your hopes up. I know. I know. That's what us Mets fans do, but oh, yeah. no, he, he looked good against the Grom in a simulated game the other day. Uh, but I mean, we have no idea. Cano could be back in a day or two. He could be ready to go. So I'm not going to blow it completely out of proportion here. But the good thing about the Mets right now, apparently everybody is relatively healthy and they have a decent amount of options and some solid depth for now. I'm sure that won't last the entire season. I lied. There was one more piece of news, that, and it's not really news. I, I guess it kind of is. Oh, it's obviously technically news. It's more or less I'm curious to see where you guys are at with this. Rosardo, he, hasn't, he still hasn't been cleared to return. And we're talking about a guy who was already, at least in my opinion, somebody that I was going to – ding and drafts anyways because of the uh innings issues i thought he was gonna run into and he obviously has dropped in drafts he's still going 93 or 93.53 overall like and that's his adp about 93 and a half that's still top 100 pick and he's still going to have names like montas kluber gray paxton lance lynn mike soroka i can understand kind of sort of but i can't like we're talking about a guy who's Missing time in camp, so and we don't know if he's ramping up on, on his own or not. He's he's not getting the reps in, and he was and he's already a guy who's not who hasn't been known to pitch deep in the games. We could it could be a month before we see him throwing a regular amount of innings. Am I the only one that's crazy like thinking that this is still too high? Is anybody like him I, over any of those names? I would rather have all those names over him except maybe Soroka. Um, Soroka, yeah, that's like where I that's I mean, that weird. Yeah, since the you know the. The Braves already came out and said yeah. that they're, you know, having their starters uh, going short in their outings uh, at least early on. So, I don't know. I think, um, yeah, I think I'd rather have all those other names over Lazardo right now. What about you? Same. I think I might might take Soroka even over him as well. I know he's probably gonna take a few turns in the rotation to to get his uh, innings up, but I think in the end, I think. Soroka is more of a sure bet to be going um, six consistently once he uh, is ramped up fully. What about so, Carlos Carrasco, guys? Uh, he's reportedly uh, good to go, like, what, six innings right Last now? Last I heard. Yeah. The, the Indians are going to throw their guys, it sounds like. Francona always does anyway. Yeah, he does. 
Uh, I'm just asking because there's like a 30 pick difference in their ADP right now. And that just goes to show you that the value isn't in Lazardo. It's still in those guys behind him, including yeah. Carrasco, who hasn't quite adjusted. I think people are still scared off by the pre. He had a spring training injury. He still has, you know, the leukemia issues and all that. But yeah. man, I'm in on him. I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm back in on like Carrasco's like a top 25 guy for me already. Top 25. Yeah, that's where I'm at. He's a top 25. SP for me again. He was like fringe top thirty, and I hear he's healthy, and that and that division just makes him that much more appealing. Oh, and, he's yeah. gonna, and he's probably going to pitch five or six out the gate. I'll take I'll take Cookie. Give me give me give me it, man. I got a sweet tooth. I got this. <laughs> there it is, dad joke. I got it finally. Yes. <laughs> it took me long enough to get to one. All right, that was the last of the news and notes. Now we're going to talk uh, waiver wire. Just move transition right on over to that. And who's doing 30 to 20 again? Zach, you are. That's right. So that mid that 30 to 20% own range. And this is again Yahoo Leagues. And we decided Yahoo Leagues was just the best in general for your average fan. We cater to all formats, all sizes. But we're trying to so we're gonna try to do 30 to 20, 10 to 10, 20 to 10, and then 10 or less. And we're gonna try to just hit all these names and go through it again. And we'll throw out some dart throws with like one percent own ownership type of things at the end as well. So take it away, Zach. So between uh twenty to thirty percent, definitely there's some some great names on this list here. <laughs> I'm gonna start off with uh the guy we were just talking about, Mr. Cespedes. He is apparently fully healthy. Who knows if that's true or not, but I definitely see Cespedes getting primarily DH time. Uh depending on this Cano injury, maybe he gets slotted back into left field, but we really haven't seen Cespedes run all that much right now. So that's really my major concern with him. But I don't know if you guys have seen some of these videos. I mean, he is absolutely raking right now in these simulated games. Uh, He's hit a home run. He hit a bomb off of Seth Lugo the other day. Seth Lugo really does not look so good, by the way, but that's uh, that's a different story. Um, but Cespedes looks really good right now. He's hitting the ball as hard as ever right now. Uh, he really looks like that 2015-2016 Cespedes. So you're as long up, as you're, they, getting, you're getting your hopes up again, I know. You're burned. That's what I do. But at this value, I mean, 28% owned right now. You have to take a chance on this guy, especially if, if you wait on outfielders early. This is a great guy to fill that void late in drafts. So love me some Cespedes. Shocking, I know. Uh, there's two guys over in San Diego that intrigue me. One, I think George mentioned Trent Grisham before. Uh, they traded away Luis Urias for him, so they clearly have some high hopes for Trent Grisham. If he does uh, hit consistently, I could see him moving up to the top of that order. He's got 90th percentile sprint speed, could possibly sprinkle in a few bags there as well. And then the other guy who I I can't get off of either is Will Myers. Um, Hopefully the DH spot will will open up some some playing time and keep him healthy. Uh, His healthiest season was when he was at first base and not running around the outfield and diving for balls and hurting his wrist and all that nonsense. Will Myers is is best suited for a DH role. Uh, He really he does not belong in center field at all. Uh, he could get away with maybe um, being a, in, in left or right field, but I think DH really does suit Will Myers. And all the videos have surfaced recently of him finally pivoting with his back foot, which I didn't realize it took somebody that a professional ball player that long to figure that out. But 
hey, maybe it helps him out a little bit. Obviously, uh, he's got the power speed combo if all is well. If not, you can drop him, which we all did the past two years. So Will Myers, Trent Grisham over in San Diego are intriguing. Um, on the pitching side of things, I'm actually, before we get to the pitching side of things, Corey, Corey C. Dick Dickerson over in Miami, I really think the DH could help him out as well, even though he's actually pretty solid with the glove out in the corner outfield there. He's a pretty solid um, four-category guy to just sneakily yeah. just throw it's, in there. His problem has been health. He just always gets banged up, whether it be like a freak injury and whatnot. But it sounds like the Marlins, there were some reports today that the Marlins may be willing to consider some of these young guys uh, right out of the gates here. Her, Louis, um, Harrison, Harrison and, and Luis Diaz. Uh, but I they signed Dick- love Luis Diaz, but they're, they're not going to do that. They want to, they're going to want to get rid of uh, Aguilar, Aguilar and other pieces first. Yes, but Aguilar. Really, I, I not, get it, but the Marlins aren't competing, and they want to sell these guys for whatever they can get them for. They're going to sell VR. I almost 100% believe that because they want to make room for these young guys in the minors, and then they're going to try to sell Jesus Aguilar for pay, for whatever scraps. They don't care, chicken bone yeah. out the garbage. They'll take I what they can get. Agree. Some some 15-year-old son son of someone's son in like a different country. <laughs> That's what they're going to take for um like insert player to be later whatever man that that whatever they do they're gonna take that for aguilar because they're gonna get they want i think luin diaz comes up at that time i'm, I'm actually really on luin diaz why are but you yeah. yelling why are you yelling at me because <laughs> i hate because i hate the marlins like i want them to stop slow playing they have so much talent they need to wean they need to they wean do. through it and figure out who's actually especially in the outfield because they still have jesus sanchez and they have other players coming up that are outfielders they they, they still have lewis brinson and they're still pl- trying to figure mm-hmm. out it's a I, mess. Could see, I could see Monty Harrison possibly being up earlier than Diaz. Like you said, I think Aguilar is going to get some time. I think they're going to try and boost that trade stock for him. But I think after the deadline, I think Lewin Diaz. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, but, yeah, Corey Dickerson, if he can stay healthy, really like him in that outfield. Uh, like you said, he could really bring you four category production there. Onto the pitching side of things, um, Dylan Cease right now, 21% owned. Uh, it may take him a couple of turns to uh, – to kind of ramp things fully up all the way there. But with Kopech uh, not returning this season, um, the addition of Grandal, I really like Cease in a shortened season. Even if it was a long season, I would have liked Cease. But I think there's a lot of factors that can help Cease uh, succeed this year. We could see maybe a Lucas Giolito type jump from Cease this year. Uh, so Dylan Cease at 21% owned, that's just insane. Uh, I don't know why that's so low. And then there's there's a nice mixture of relief pitching at the bottom of this tier here. Uh, about 22% owned. You got guys like Drew Pomeranz, Daniel Hudson, Ryan Presley, Dylan Batances in a 60-game shortened season. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of question marks. Um, what's going to happen with saves? And if you're in holds leagues, these guys will definitely contribute. And these are all kind of like next man up type guys here. And a lot of these guys can go multi-innings as well. So there's a lot of value to be had with some of these guys going in the low 20% range here. Um, so definitely some intriguing names um, for a 10 to 12 team league. I mean, you might not even be able to roster some of these guys, but if you can, um, I, I definitely think these guys are, are worth being on your roster and they're going to help you help you throughout the season for sure. Dylan Cease, just to touch on him real quick. That sounds weird. Uh, Cease hopes to be ready for five to six innings by season. Essentially, like everyone else has been saying, 
Yeah. I just don't. It's all about his control. Can he yeah. control his stuff? If he has any type of control or gains on the control, you'll see him be able to hit these inning like these innings he wants. His control's been an issue, but he does have grand all behind the plate, and that seems to like you can't. You have to remind everybody about that because if anybody's going to help a young pitcher grow, it's going to be a catcher as good as Grandall. Yeah. So that's interesting. And then you throw in that easy division, the division they're in, and all that. They become a he becomes a guy that's definitely worth a back end of roster type of guy with, with upside. And I'm gonna sneak in here in your uh, <laughs> into your little area because there's so many good names that are just. Only thirty uh, percent owned. Less. I mean, why is Brian Anderson only twenty five percent owned? <laughs> why he's like a top two? Like he should be on most teams. And then you have cheap power like Renato Nunez and uh, and wow, where did, he, where did he go? Randall Grichuk, a couple guys that can crush a lot of balls in a short amount of time. Grichuk's a guy who seemed to be improving his plate discipline in the first time, time go first go around in spring training. He was walking as much as he was striking out, I believe, which is like not Grichuk, Randall Grichuk's game oh. at all. But it's what he—I think he was an actual legitimate, uh, tangible change in his approach that he was he was working on. So if that's where that's worth monitoring. Maybe we were all a year early on him. Maybe he finally has that breakout, bats fifth or sixth, and what can be a really potent offense over there. Young, full young guys and talent. Maybe he hits behind all those guys and really tears it up. And guys like Greg Polanco, a little bit water. Uh, water. Why did I say water? I think uh, I saw someone around twenty percent. That was some. I don't know. Waters, maybe Waters. I was thinking the, the prospect of the Braves. I don't know. I don't know why I said that, but uh, Greg Polanco is a power speed guy, and I'm just I'm, again I'm just piggybacking because there are so many names. John Means, opening day starter. It's for the Orioles. I get it. the Orioles are not a good team, but he's going to get the innings, and he actually showed a bump in velo recently. Yep. It's, it was all over Twitter. Everyone was talking about it. So you add some velocity to a guy who has the control he has. If he can still control his pitches the way he was with the added velocity, we're looking at a guy who could actually be. Just as good as he was last year, if not better, and that's the guy you're getting for almost free. So, there's another couple names. I, I know this is supposed to be your segment. I couldn't help myself, but uh, George, if you have, if you don't have anything to add to that that area, we can jump over to you for the twenty to ten percent guys. <laughs> no, um, I was looking at uh, Trent Grisham because it was right at that twenty percent yeah. mark. I gave you both twenty. I gave you both that twenty percent area, so you can <laughs> a little crossover. Yeah, yeah. No, I like I like that call, especially in uh, OBP and points leagues. Uh, you, Posted really strong walk rates in, in the minors last year in AAA with 14.6% and 158 uh, plate appearances. And then in AA, 15.5% uh, and 283 plate appearances uh, came up last year. I mean, across all three levels, AA, AAA, and the majors, uh, he he had 32 home runs, 13 steals, uh, had 10.9% walk rate So uh, in his taste in the, in the majors. So if you're in like an OBP or a points league, I, I think Grisham's a really good call. And one of those really like, weird in schedule imbalances that, that we got this year is uh you know san diego gets seven games in colorado so i mean you know that's that's over 10 percent of their season they're uh that, that they're pretty going cool field. so yeah like uh i like that trent grisham call i think pretty much like in any maybe not in a three outfielder like 10 to 12 team league but like in any pretty much any five outfielder like i would love him as like my yeah. uh, fifth outfielder and you can get him there too okay <laughs> I'm not gonna, I like Christian. I wasn't sure if there was anybody else that stood out because I know your boy Dubon is in that range too. Your boy Dubon's fourteen percent owned. Yeah, so we can go right into my range. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just go right into man. Ten to twenty percent. Uh, I mean, I I saw Austin Riley so is there. Many names, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of names. I mean, when no no Nick Markakis, uh, Freddie Freeman. Not sure when he's gonna come back. Um, you know, 
with the DH there now, it, there's just uh, plenty of avenues have opened up there in, in Atlanta to give uh, Austin Riley some some at bats. And I mean, last year he did have 18 home runs uh, in 80 games, so just about half a season. So we know like he's got a ton of power. Uh, could definitely sink you sink you in uh, batting average if his uh, approach there doesn't change, but. Uh, he's got plenty of, of power, so we'll see if he gets the opportunity there in Atlanta. But he's definitely interesting there. And then um, a, a couple relievers. I mean, if you're in like a holds league, uh, or even so, one guy like Diego Castillo is fifteen uh, percent owned. So and much interest there. I like it. Yeah, yeah. D, I mean, would it surprise anybody if he has just as many saves as Nick Anderson? I mean, I know no. you talked about it before, and and I really like the idea of maybe pairing. Nick Anderson and Diego Castillo together, not only for, uh, you know, to get all the saves there in Tampa, but for the ratios too. I mean, Castillo should be one of the better middle relievers that you can own. And then uh, he's got that SP and RP eligibility there in Yahoo League. So if you're in a head-to-head league or any league that, you know, where it has that SP and RP designation, you could put Castillo there in an SP slot when you don't have a pitcher going. And, you know, he could get you, you know, some – strikeouts uh, help your ratios there uh, out of a out of a spot you wouldn't normally have a reliever in so really like castillo there at 15 percent owned um I, I think just in, in any format uh matt barnes is another one 16 percent owned uh, you mentioned brandon workman uh having that closer role but i mean hey it's we see turnover every year i'm not saying it's gonna happen but it could happen uh you know workman uh, Barnes as well. Both these guys kind of struggle with control. You know, they walk a ton of batters and not sure how long of a leash that they're going to have there in Boston. Uh, but if, if Workman struggles at all, I mean, Matt Barnes could be that guy to step in, you know, over 15% strikeout rate um, and uh, 15.39 uh, K per nine, uh, you know, so 38.6% strikeout rate was fantastic. So Matt Barnes, I really like, even if you don't, your league doesn't count for whole or saves. If you know, you need strikeouts, ratios. There you go. You got Matt Barnes right there at 16% owned. Uh, Carter Keyboom, uh, 15% owned. Uh, it's got that shortstop eligibility. Uh, and then uh, should pick up third base. You know, he should be the, the third baseman there. Now, I think we might have missed it. Uh, but Howie Kendrick, I know you mentioned it before. Maybe Howie Kendrick was out. Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I didn't mention it, but I knew I actually meant to add that to the notes. It was I was like, oh, I know I'm missing something. I know I'm missing something. Hendrick is just... Um, He's missing. He's at, he's not at camp with undisclosed reasons. We all assume it's COVID related, but there's no confirmation on that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, I think Kibo is pretty much secured there um, at third base and, you know, it's a strong lineup. They, mm-hmm. I was going to say, they like, mentioned it. But yeah. Sorry. I, I was trying to time it and I, I, I realized you stopped letting me <laughs> talk and then I stopped to let you get back to talking. But they mentioned it that he's the starting third baseman. I, I expected him to hit lower in the lineup, but. We're looking at a guy, man. I, I'm more and more in on him the more I look at him, and he's still really cheap, so you can take advantage of that. And look, like you said, he's a guy that you can grab off the waiver wire. Right now, he's available in so many leagues and might be worthy of at least a stash. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are guys that I know, like, I'm used to drafting for, like, we yeah. play in deep leagues these days. Remember, like, these were leagues, like, two years ago or a year and a half ago, we were playing in, like, wow. Like now we look at this like we're gonna, like watch I'm gonna rattle off some names and like less than ten percent owned you're gonna be like why are these guys less than ten percent owned because we would always like TGFBI I, I started looking through the fab the players I need to add because I have I have dead dead spots on my roster like I have Nick Markakis which I don't even know why I drafted him like I don't, I don't know what I was thinking I wasn't and uh, so I have like I have all these spots I'm like looking at these players I'm like how did I not draft any of these guys what was I thinking 
right <laughs> and i'm like oh so yeah like stuff like that it's like it's re- like some of these names should have been drafted in 15 teamers and yeah anyway as you were yeah. no 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 yeah i mean these names are i mean i would love to have a roster with all these names on them you know uh we got Mauricio Dubon here at 14% one of my my guys here uh, one of my favorite guys this year uh, Dubon at, in San Francisco um you know should should pick up eligibility could pick up eligibility in the outfield I know Billy Hamilton is is not there I think he's out so there was some speculation whether it was going to be Hamilton starting in center field it could be Dubon Dubon's been working really hard in his uh outfield defense um picking up some tips from a bunch of veterans so Dubon could be someone who picks up, you know, second has second base and outfield um, eligibility. So that could be very, very valuable. A little bit of power, a little bit of speed and some batting average. Uh, and then a couple of relievers here, I mentioned them before, but Chad Green and Tommy Conley are both, uh, you know, 12% for Chad Green, 11% for Conley. Green is another one who uh, opened some games last year for the Yankees. So he's got that SP eligibility in Yahoo. Another one that you could just plug in there um, if you've got those designations and, and you can play a reliever there. Um, who, I mean, yeah, either one of these guys could be in play for a, a save here and there if Chapman uh, misses some time, especially Conley. He was kind of the third in the pecking order there. It was uh, Chapman, Britton, and then Conley last year. Um, so I really like really like Conley. 27.4% strikeout minus walk rate. That is just awesome. Uh, and then Green as well uh, with the 26.8% strikeout minus walk rate. So they strike a bunch of guys out, don't walk too many guys. So you love to see that. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for this range. Uh, I mean, Spencer Howard, I really like. Um, just throwing, I've seen just throwing out some names I see. Susugo, I find super intriguing for some late power. He's a guy that I've actually targeted in leagues as a fifth outfield type because he has the the outfield eligibility. And he's a guy that's just like I know it's a wild card because the the Rays are the Rays, but Susugo's power you see it in, you see it in the videos going and. It's uh, it's impressive, man. I think the power is going to play, and I know it's hard to tell because it's his first year here and all that. But I'm super intrigued by him for some reason. Zach, did any names stand out to you? Did we miss any? Maybe because I'm looking yeah. at a couple others here. Two names here. Uh, you just mentioned one of them, Spencer Howard. I really think that Zach Wheeler is going to miss some time, whether it be a couple of weeks or whether year. <laughs> or he may sit out as well. Uh, I definitely think he's going to be in line to miss a few starts, if not longer. And the back end of that Philly rotation is really just atrocious. Um, <laughs> if, if Spencer Howard comes in right now, I mean, you're looking at uh, number three, uh, number three type guy right now. I mean, um, Spencer he's going to miss the first week. He's not going to be ready for one week when, because that's like, they apparently have to miss one week. So they have Howard. Yeah. Howard's going to be missing. He's going to miss one week because he's not ready. I'm saying that with Eric. You can see the quotes. Other people can't, and because uh, they the whole manipulation thing. Yeah. I think it's um they have to have they they have to have less than 62 days of of service time for it to be not like a year or not whatever. So basically, one week into the season, they can reach yeah. that mark where they get called up, type of thing, and not yeah, and they won't lose a year. Uh, same with Alec Bohm over there, right? Mm-hmm. And Pearson and Gore and. Pretty much, any, I think anybody. I mean, I'm not sure if it applies to some of the younger guys, like uh, Joey Bart, stuff like that. Guys that weren't necessarily on the cusp. I'm not sure how that works with the minor leaguers, to be honest. But I do know it's pretty much a week, a week, maybe eight days or something like that, and then they can come up and the teams can get the extra year of service time. So you'll see a lot of younger guys that weren't ready be suddenly poof. Oh, they're ready. Oh, look yeah. at that. They're getting <laughs> yeah. the Chris Bryant I could treatment. Definitely, uh, definitely see him being up sooner than later for Spencer Howard. And the other oh, name sure. that I really like, 
a guy that I keep drafting on like every team is Tommy Listella. Um, Tommy Listella at uh, 14%. He's got second base, third base eligibility, corner, middle infield. Do you think he starts? I do. And as of right now, he's slotted into the leadoff spot in second base on roster resource. If he is in that leadoff spot, batting ahead of Trout, batting ahead of Otani, you got to love the run potential here. And Rendon, geez, forgot about Rendon. <laughs> he skipped over Rendon. He's uh, <laughs> not even going to be in every day, but Rendon will be. But well, Okay, so but now take away days. Say Trout does sit out or opt out. Now, and then say Otani's pitching, you know, day before, day after. Or pitching, so now it's only Rendon, Upton, and Pujols. It's not as appealing anymore. <laughs> Just say, well, I know I hate to be, late, I hate to be as a late round as a late round flyer. There's yeah. still a ton of potential. He may sit against a uh, fair share of lefties as well, uh, with a guy a guy like David Fletcher, um, who might take over on those certain days. But as long as Tommy Estella is batting um, part time. In the leadoff spot ahead of those big boppers over there, I, I want Tommy Listello shares as many as I can get at that price. And a couple gut pitchers just to throw. You mentioned Howard. A couple guys that I think also at least should be thrown out there to possibly consider picking up is Jordan Montgomery, Chris Bassett, and Reynaldo Lopez. All guys just with a little bit of, with some upside, some solid team context. And just worth monitoring because Bassett was actually pretty solid down the stretch, if I remember correctly, last year. And now with Lazardo still not ready, he could come in and be ready. If he could be in opening day uh, lineup slash you know the, the rotation. Sorry. And we'll jump down to the last ten percent less guys. And there's a whole bunch. Again, it goes back into like I I think we're just at this point where we're drafting so like so, such deep leagues that these guys. It's like how are these guys only ten percent owned or less? And guys like Corey Knable, which I think is well documented that he's going to snipe a few steal, uh, steals, saves this year. So if you are hurting for saves, you can go. He's less owned than, than um, what's his face? Britain. Britain is owned in more leagues than Knable right now by a long shot. It's like 20% more owned. Britain's not even in. He's actually Britain's more than 30% owned because he's not even hasn't been talked about tonight. But Knable is less than 10% owned. And there's a chance they have the same amount of saves at the end of the year. So with Knable, with that said, Knable at 9%. It seems obvious. Brandon Nimmo, your boy, he's going to be leading off and playing just about every day. You're talking about a guy who leads off with his on-base skills he, and he steals. There's stolen bases, there's runs, and there's a guy you're getting really late for all that. Guy I'm really big on. Turnball, he's just – Turnball and Gibson are very, very much so the uh, industry guys that people seem to really like. Back end of your rotation types, Gibson I know ha- has had back-to-back seasons of um, his K-minus walk rate improving, being career high both each of the last two years. They've gone – Gotten gone up a little bit each year. Last year he dealt with some health concerns, but assuming he's past that, he's going. He's over at Rangers Park, where the park's more of a pitcher's park now than it ever has been. So we'll see how that plays, but I think he's some solid value there. And then Turnbull, again, just a SP streamer's favorite. Um, a couple other guys. You see guys like just clamoring over him all over Twitter and stuff. I honestly forgot all the stats I had written down about him because I don't have him in front of me, but he's just somebody solid to consider. Luis Urias. Assuming he's, I mean, back, he's on the COVID IL, so I don't know. But he's a guy that, you know, they went out and traded for for a reason over there in Milwaukee. I don't think, I think it's his spot to lose over a shortstop. I know they have Arcia, who's a glove first guy. But if Yuri can come back and be healthy, I think he can return some value sooner than later. We know the hit tool's uh, solid. It's a matter of if he can get that power he showed when he went down in the minors last year, come back up. 
uh, what was his ownership? Eight percent. I'm working my way down because there's so many names. Yeah, these uh, dude. I, I like these. <laughs> I like this group better than I like the ten. Ra- Helsley. We talk. Sure. We talk. We're talking about. We're talking about saves. Helsley is way more roster. Like you're supposed to roster him over Britain, and right now Britain is legitimately thirty percent more owned than him. Yeah, Helsley. Urias is was asymptomatic, so just as soon as he clears protocol and tests negative, assuming part, that he hasn't had any symptoms since that report yeah. report either. But yeah, regardless, Helsley. Why is Helsley only seven percent owned when he's a guaranteed or not guaranteed closer, but definitely guaranteed more more I would say opportunities than a Britain? Is it because Britain's on the Yankees? Is that all that is like? And everyone knows Britain's really good. People don't realize Helsley Helsley was solid last year. Everyone playing on Yahoo, you guys need to wake up. <laughs> like I would drop Britain for Helsley right now if I had to. Some of these names that like am, under, am I the only under five percent is just ridiculous. Oh, I'm getting there. I, I would rather have um, Helsley than Britain. Yeah. What about you, Zach? Helsley or Britain? Helsley. That's what I thought. And yeah, I'm I'm kind of I don't want to I don't want to I get again. There's so many names. I'm just kind of skipping through now. I feel bad. Eric Thames, cheap power. If you need power, he's gonna be playing the right side of a platoon. He might even play all the time now with all these guys kind of not around with the COVID and opting out. Uh, keep going here. I know my I know my guy. See some, where, where's my guy Lewis at? I know I know Evan White's down here. Evan White is like a five category guy. I don't know how where yeah, he's gonna bat in the lineup. Percent man. I, yeah. Did I just pass him? Oh, there he is. Yeah, he's he's owned at six percent. But um, Evan White five percent. Same 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 team. I think Evan White might hit a little lower in the lineup. I know he was hitting like second. Most of the time in spring training, but there's, there's rumors he might hit the bottom half. But being first base eligible with a skill set that actually allows him, to, like he can steal bases. He is a people have like Eric Cross, I believe was in, was one of them that said that he's a Goldschmidt light, like a guy who can give you the, the five category production, and his defense will keep him at first base. He should play just about every day, so he's a guy worth monitoring. But our our guy here, he's just he's gained so much hype. And it's Kyle Lewis, and I've I've recently I literally tweeted about him what yesterday. I was just like I looked at his sample. I was like, let me look at his stats uh, last year. You know, I'm like I'm like I remember him doing decent. I was like, so I looked up. He only batted 75 play appearances last year. Or he only had 75 play appearances at the MLB level. And of all players with 75 play appearances, which again is very very small sample, he had the second best barrel rate. The fifth, he had the fifth best exit velocity on fly balls and line drives, and the fourth best standard deviation on launch angle, which means his he basically repeated his swing very well and was always like able to put a similar swing on the ball, which makes sense with all the other stats. And with that said, he's crushing the ball in camp right now, gaining all the hype, and he's slotting right into the middle of the batting order, more than likely. Very cheap source of power, and we're talking about a guy who can grow into being he probably will never be a big batting average guy. He hits too many ground balls and just I don't know. Something his profile just there's too much aggression there. His profile just says like a 250-ish hitter. I get that, but man, we're talking about we're talking about power here. He's a guy that's basically free, and if you need some power and some big power upside at that, I would definitely give Kyle Lewis a look. And I'm sure again, um, someone else want to throw out some names because I'm just gonna keep scrolling here and looking for names. Yeah, I just I I want to go back and just. Go ahead. Um, Kyle Lewis, dude. I mean, 98.3 uh, miles per hour exit velocity on line drives and fly balls. That was just above uh, Franmil Reyes and just mm-hmm. Nelson Cruz. Uh, you, that's so, why I said, because it's such a small sample size, I hated to throw names out there. But yeah, he was the fourth best, right? Or what did I say? The fourth? I think it was the fourth. I lost. I just moved off the tweet. But <laughs> it was uh, it was up there. I mean, you're looking yeah. at it, right? And when, when you crush the ball that hard, I mean, it's 
in a 60 game sample, even if he strikes out like, you know, 30 to 35% of the time in a 60 game sample, if he's hitting the ball that hard, he can conceivably do what he did last year and hitting 268. Like he can hit 250 to 260. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it seems like every other, it, it seems like every hour there's another Kyle Lewis Homer home run video on Twitter, you know, it's, uh, or, or clinic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you can actually, <laughs> Zach. <try> <laughs> sorry, just to give a little insight. To we, the reason why I said that, uh, right before we started, uh, Zach was telling me, he asked me if I saw the, if I saw the videos today, I said, no, cause I haven't been on Twitter much. And that's a weird thing. Cause I'm always on Twitter, but I didn't was on Twitter much. And then I t- opened up Twitter for a second, saw the video, shared it, shared the screen and made him watch it over and over again. Cause he's a Mets fan and he's, it hurt. It kills him to see it, but man, it's impressive. Clinic's power. There's going to be an outfield of Clinic, Julio Rodriguez, and Kyle Lewis in like next year, year and a half. Can't wait. No, yeah. they'll probably, the Poto will trade them. Somehow, the Poto will trade somebody. He's going to get <laughs> bored and trade all of them. Yeah. Um, so his profile, because it kind of screams like someone who's going to be really streaky, but he when yeah. he's on uh, one of those streaks, he's going to be amazing. And right now, I'm going to ride anybody who's hot in this summer camp. Because like, they're going to get some game. I, th- I think they're going to get some games in the final weekend here coming up. If I remember correctly, I've seen some games scheduled. Because teams are allowed to schedule up to three games. And if if somebody's smacking the ball during those three games, I'm totally going to like boost them up like within their tier or something. Just I, I want to ride someone who's coming in hot off this off summer, hoping that it trans- translates to the regular season. So, you know, again, if I need some depth at hitter, pitching is a little tougher. So you, that's sure. it. Um, I see another name on here at uh, eight percent owned. Bunch of names. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks there we is go. leading off, playing center field for the Yankees. Should be the everyday, you know, leadoff man. If you're in an OBP or points league, oh yeah, owed, like he's a must add. Even in like a twelve team, three outfielder league, I would be just fine waiting on that last outfielder and just grabbing Aaron Hicks. Cause uh, yeah, I mean, he, if he's ready to go, um, you know, he's going to get on base in that stadium, in that uh, lineup, uh, probably hitting like right in front of like DJ LeMahieu. If LeMahieu's back. Yeah. It, it's uh, Aaron Hicks at 8% owned. Um, he can be an absolute steal. Oh, hundred percent green. And a couple more names. Again, there's so many, so I'm just going to throw a few out there. Um, Jose Alvarado going back to that, bullpen that committee at three-headed monster so to speak in in uh tampa alvarado could conceivably get save opportunities and be one of the three saves leaders there you don't know and he's another guy that you can get late for ratios k's and he's 100 healthy i think he's a guy that everyone's kind of forgetting about we remember we saw how dominant he was last year we were all buying in watching that damn two-seamer move like a slider the wrong way it was crazy i remember we were watching that video and like hyping him up the next day and then like a week later he lost the job or something but Jose Alvarado is a guy, 5%. Uh, Jesse Winker, he's a power first guy. I'm a little concerned, though, because he is going to be platooning and at-bats are currency. So I'm not totally bought in by 4%. And he's kind of like an Eric Thames type where he's going to get the strong side of a platoon and the ballpark is favorable and the team is really good. So he's somebody wor- worth watching. But then Ryan O'Hearn, he's obviously a deep league corner and field slash bench type, but he's a guy who was crushing it in spring training. He's a post-hype sleeper at this point because he was a guy that people were liking as, as a breakout last year, if I remember correctly. And he's free. And then you have Danny Duffy and Trent Thornton, both are guys. Those are SPs that should be getting some run. Duffy's, I would say, obviously, I would rather have Duffy. If for nothing else, Duffy's going to be the staff's ace, which is innings pitched, which you are targeting innings in a shortened season 
Plus, we saw increased velocity in spring, and he finished off last year decent. And we're I think there's some solid little sneaky upside there. And I hate to say that because I know I know that's a Matt Williams guy. Matt Williams is like he's like like forever in my head. Dan, Danny Duffy is Matt Williams guy, and it's like we're all late to the party almost. It feels like like he was a little bit ahead there, so I'll give him that. But yeah, that's that's all I got when it comes to those. I mean, there's a bunch of names again. There's a whole bunch we can probably yeah. find more. Yeah, there's a. I'm just gonna rattle off a few. There you go. Piqued my interest here. Oh, I'm sure I missed uh, it. At three percent, uh, Franchi Cordero. He yeah. hasn't really he hasn't really shown a ton yet, but there's just so much raw upside and so much potential. He should be playing power speed combo, and the DH definitely helps get him in the lineup as long as he's healthy. Jay Bruce at two percent. It's not the sexiest name, but with the universal DH, I definitely think he's going to be playing more often than not. Franklin Barreto, once again, not the most exciting name, but he's actually I don't trust I don't trust it either. They have Tony Kemp starting right now, I think. It sounds like there's gonna be a platoon of Barreto, Tony Kemp, Chad Pinder, but if Barreto stays hot, who knows? In a 60 game season, uh you're looking for a streaky type guy to go on a run. So Barreto could be that guy. Guy we were talking about before, Monty Harrison. He's probably not gonna start right away, but one percent owned right now with immense stolen base upside potential. I like that as a, a deep league stash. Uh, Kevin Crone at 1%, huge power late in the draft. Uh, he's probably going to be at least a platoon, if not taking over full-time DH duties in Arizona. And two pitchers that I really like. One guy that I've been taking, uh, both of these guys have really been taking in as many drafts as possible. James Karinchek at 7%. In Cleveland, he's going to give you a ton of strikeouts. Uh, hopefully, he can help you out with ratios if he doesn't walk too many guys. Uh, he looked really good last year in a small sample size. And I still think Brad Hand could be on the trade block and could be gone by August. And with Class A gone, I think Karen Check is the next man up. And Corbin Burns at 5%. He, uh, We've been talking about him for quite some time. Mike's been in on him. George's been in on him. I'm in on him now. Corbin Burns, who, regardless if he makes the rotation or not, even if he doesn't, I almost prefer at this point if he really doesn't because he's probably going to be a long man out of the bullpen, still could get you some wins and be a piggyback type guy. Uh, could help out with some holes or, or wins as well, and it's going to give you the strikeout numbers. So, God, there is a ton of value here under 5%. This is insane. I want, like, all of these guys. <laughs> I know. It's crazy, and that's why it's like I play in home leagues still. My home leagues are 12-teamers. I haven't played anything shallower in a long time, and I just I got invited to a shallower league, and I was like, I can't do it. The waiver wire gives me anxiety, legitimately gives me anxiety because I see the value in all these players. I want to add them all, and when I pick the wrong one to stash or the wrong one to add, and the other one goes off, I'm like, well, I knew he, I knew he had it in him. I just picked the wrong guy, and it drives me crazy because I would like you said, I would roster all of them if I could, or they all should be rostered, and they, and they can't be. This makes me yeah. want to pull off a really lopsided trade where I'm trading off like four pieces, getting one back, and that opens up three roster spots, and I can take some of these guys. And that's why I do stud <laughs> butt approach. If you're that's playing why. in a shallow league, like in a 10 or 12 team league, that is the way to do it. Even if you're overpaying, who cares? You you get the top guy, you put a couple pieces together, and you pick up these guys off the waiver wire. That's the way to win. You're yeah. talking about a, a trade, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah that's, that's why win, like, I do auction leagues. Like, if, oh, I just snorted. That was weird. If I do auction, <laughs> I got so excited I snorted. Uh, if, if I tell you one of my auction league teams, I wish I had it. I went stud dud. Like I, 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 my team's amazing. I love my team, and the waiver wire is loaded with all these players. That's what I actually used my waiver wire for for half these names because they're all available. 
And that's why in 12 team leagues, my home leagues, I started going a stud dud approach because, and what that means is um, you take high end players and pair them with like dollar players because the dollar players are guys that we're talking and the way wire still has all these players on it. And these guys have value. So if you load yourself up with high end players that are going to give you that high end floor, you can make, you can, you can, you can surround them with guys that are going to be solid, but nothing special and end up winning your league, especially in a shallower format. So that's why I'm really big on that. And then, yes, actually, I had a trade today. Someone, uh, I think it was DM'd. I DM'd it, so I answered it. It was a um, keeper league, keep eight, and it was head-to-head categories. I'm like, all right, cool. That's, this is interesting. It was get Yelich, give up, Montesi, and Machado. I thought, okay, that's instant yes, but let me ask. It was an eight-team league. I was like, yes, do it yesterday. Get the <laughs> best player, pick, and there's going to be somebody fantastic on your waiver wire. Come to find out, he asks me, so which one would you keep out of these two? Otani, Jalilo, and a couple others. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, yeah, I have to take one of these guys to replace the other keeper I'm giving up in Machado or Mondesi. I'm like, this is a – so I'm like, so he's like, essentially, it's a – and it's a daily league, so I told him to take Otani, although I would have gone Giolito for strictly as a pitcher this year. But Otani just as a keeper, let's be honest. He's gonna, I'm telling you, next year he's going to be like a first or second round guy. It's not going to be surprising to anybody. It shouldn't be. Yeah. He's a fully healthy Otani coming in with pitching and hitting. He's going to be a first or second round guy. But I had him do that. He got Otani as a second keeper in that deal. like Just a guy he had to decide between. And it's a reminder. It just goes back to what you guys are saying. Make these trades. Offer two. Offer three. Don't be a, don't be that guy that picks up five of these guys we just talked about tonight and then offer them for one stud though. Don't be that guy. But you take you take that you take that Mondesi and you pair it with a you know a uh, Matt Chapman or no probably like even heck take Mondesi take take Mondesi and Machado same combo offer up for Trey Turner. People might think that doesn't sound like it's fair. Maybe you can get more for Trey Turner. Maybe you can get more if you're the Turner owner, but maybe not. People see Machado, people, the name value. People see um, Mondesi and his skill set being similar, and they might maybe they have a team they feel maybe they lost some maybe that's a team that lost some guys to COVID or just overall injury. You 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 do that trade and then you go hit the waiver wire for one of these names. And I promise you, or and it'll give you a spot to rotate because ro- that's going to be a big thing. You need you need to turn and burn anyway. You can't you can't guarantee. Any of these players, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm ranting now. You can't. You just can't guarantee the the this year is a crazy year. Get the high end guys with the high floors and and the ceilings and play the waiver wire. Be aggressive on the waiver wire. Yeah, absolutely. I also I also don't play in trade leagues anymore. I, I I've stopped. I don't know how you guys feel about trading, but between not having time and then feel like a bad trade can ruin the league, I'm just I've gotten sick of trading. Because I don't do vetoes. I, I don't do vetoes unless it's like pretty obvious. Like if someone's giving up Mike Trout and getting back like peanuts, there's obviously something going on there. But yeah. I've seen bad trades. Like somebody who traded like last year, someone got Kershaw who started off slow and gave up a hot Shane Green who had like 20 saves in the first like 40 days. So I saw that happen and I was like, oh. it was, it, it's like I, I hate trades. I want to make all my leagues no trade. But you guys have any feelings on no trades? I'm. Yeah, I prefer some trades. Do you? I don't think I'd be able to. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but yeah. as long as you have a commissioner that's willing to uh, put their foot down on nonsense like that, then. Uh, yeah, I'll- but how do you put that's not fair? That's because the guy's an idiot and didn't value the player appropriately. Why is it my fault to protect him from himself? Uh, that's not. Man, like- I just, I've seen so much drama going down in my, my leagues with trades. It's. Yeah, it, it can cause. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, I rather gotta, that's why you got to be selective about the leagues that you join. Don't just be joining as many leagues as you can just to be in leagues, but make sure that you know some of the people or you know the track record of some of these people so that um, some of this nonsense doesn't happen. Well, I'm also <laughs> yeah. I'm the guy that, like I said, I'm going to start doing, running leagues and there's going to be no trades. Get over it. Work the waiver wire and get and draft well. Stop trying to depend on because I, I also I'm also a big proponent of somebody. I'm just I hate getting those three for ones, four for ones with like because people like to like you know what? I'm gonna pick up all these guys and try to bundle them for a tra- like no don't do don't be that guy either please don't like all these names we gave you tonight do not pick them all up and offer them for to, for somebody for like a second round player don't be that person like I hate to I, I hate to have to say that but I know there's a lot of those people out there. It's funny to make fun of them and give them a hard time if they're your buddy. But I learned the hard way. I used to be one of those guys. That's why I'm, I'm speaking from experience. Don't be me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, before we get out of here, we, let's answer a few questions real quick. Oh, I just dropped my phone. There's The questions are on here somewhere. I got to pull them up, of course. I had them ready. But then I started getting, like, while you guys were talking, I'd go on Twitter and my ADD kicked in. <laughs> I got them. I'm, got them. I'm coming. I'm coming. Looking at this, we already answered. Uh, the one about Britain. So going over to JB Branson at Rowdy Roto JB, Rich Hill, and what tiers are you dropping him for? I don't know what he's asking exactly. Maybe he's asking like maybe he means like what pitchers are we dro- dropping for him? Like or who are some examples of pitchers we would drop for him? Maybe I don't. Is that what, like, I don't know how to take that question to you at all. Like uh, if you're if you're going to add Rich Hill off waivers via Fab or whatever, who are some guys you might look to drop for him? Like I guess we could we could play Would You Rather with Rich Hill. Yeah, we could do a couple Would You Rather, and then um, maybe how much Fab would you be willing to put on him? Because the question is worded awkwardly, and I'm sorry, buddy. I wish I could give you more, but let's look up some Rich Hill ADP and play some Would You Rather. Before you before you get to that, I'll, I'll let you get to that. I'll take the mic for a minute here. Go ahead, I'm already there. Go are, ahead. are you guys are you guys in on Rich Hill? For some reason, I, I lately I'm seeing so many people in on Rich Hill, and I'm really just I'm he's going still... too high now. No. I'm still very much out for Rich Hill, um, guy that has uh, okay. If he's on the field, he he can be productive. He's good down the stretch. He's good uh, in big game situations, but he's just not on the field all that much still. And I still do not have faith that he's going to be able to uh, put together a full season, even if we're in sixty games here. Um, he's got so many past injury concerns that I and like you said, his his price has gone up. Um, in recent weeks here, and I'm I'm just I'm out on him. I, I don't know how you guys feel about him, but I know that it, he's been quite the talk of uh, the fantasy baseball world the past week or so. I don't know how I many. Don't I don't mind Rich Hill. I, I'd be willing to take Rich Hill. I don't mind it. I'm willing to take him at the right price. He's he's at one. He's at 183rd overall as far as ADP goes. 183rd, and he's the 74th pitcher off the board, including relief pitchers. So he's probably close, and at that point, he's probably a close. He's probably close to a top fifty pitcher at this point. I don't value him there because I don't trust the health either to suddenly be there. And his his elbows li- literally held together by like a piece of tape, so to speak. Of like, I forget how they did it, but it's a pretty much a high re-injury risk. This is just so, simply to prolong his career. But he's going ahead of guys like Andrew Heaney, which I can understand Heaney now because Heaney's only pitching once a week, six man rotation. That really. Having that, he's that was that leave you with like three or four less starts than the average pitcher, so that hurts his upside and value there. Luke Weaver is a guy who should be going over him. You guys rather have Luke Weaver or Rich Hill? Luke Weaver. I think I'd rather have Rich Hill. I hate you. Uh, Herman Marquez or Rich Hill? I'd rather have Hill. Um, Hill. Joe Musgrove or Rich Hill? Rich Hill. 
Really, George? Yeah. I, yeah I, of I all people. It. What about Dylan Bundy or Rich Hill? Bundy. I think I still like Rich Hill, man. I'm one of those that are probably in I on Rich Hill. Really like Apparently, George is in on Rich Hill, everyone. All right. Yeah. Uh, Josh James or Rich Hill? Oh. Just throwing out all these George type guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love Josh James. Um, he's not even assured a, a spot in that rotation, though. I mean, TV's uh, out right now. He might be. Yeah. Um, I really like Josh James, but I don't know. I just think that. For me, I, I think Rich Hill is going to be fine um, over 60 games. I love the Twins' schedule, their division. I mean, all those pitchers are going to have nice matchups, man. And, and I, just Hill, I, mean, I just love it. I love I love that. No, you are in on the ADP then. So you would get like, – so all those names, would you drop all those names for Rich Hill then if you had to? Again, this is a shallower league. Oh, man, that would, that's tough. But um, – I, I mean, you probably. Yeah, I, I think I if I had to if I was like in a 10, 12 team league and I had to you know shallow I had to drop somebody. Um, yeah, I think I'd rather keep Rich Hill. Let me ask you one here: um, Rich Hill or Jake Odorizzi, who's going about five picks ahead of Rich Hill, gets those same rather, juicy matchups. I'd rather have Rich Hill because I think he, Odorizzi. He's gonna stay healthy. I, I just I just don't trust Odorizzi to get through the, three times through the order. Like he's just the the Twins don't let him do it. He, yeah. he can't really do it, and so I'd rather have Rich Hill. I don't trust I don't trust the uh, Twins to make Rich Hill do it either, though. To be honest, with yeah, you. true. He, he doesn't really go super deep. I, I know I know he can. I I also know he can literally rip his UCL in half as well. <laughs> but yeah, all right. So you obviously you you're higher on you're the high man on Rich Hill between the three of us, which is fine. I'm glad we all don't agree because one of us is gonna be wrong. And there's been a lot of disagreement with me and George. It's kind of funny. But uh, <laughs> hold on, I've got I've got one more for George. I'm really just trying to get George to not say Rich Hill. Uh, Mike Miner, another to say too. <laughs> another George guy, Mike Miner or Rich Hill. <laughs> Going Max Scherzer or Rich Hill. <laughs> That's where it's going. That's where it's going. <laughs> oh man. Um I really like Miner too. Especially, yeah, Texas. Um <laughs> he's gonna say Rich Hill. Let's just move on. I got yeah, one. Let's let's go. Just give me Rich Hill already. <laughs> Lance McCullers or Rich Hill. Oh man. Um yeah, I don't uh, Give me Rich Hill, man. <laughs> what? How about Kenta Maeda, his teammate? All right, I'll take Kenta Maeda. Okay. Hinging for you. Give him Rich Hill. Yeah, give me Rich Hill. Max I Reed. I think George is about to change his Twitter handle to Dick Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh, uh, man. Because he's definitely <laughs> – oh, man, that's impressive. You are in on Rich Hill. Like, this is something. Holy jeez. So, uh, we all agree that the Minnesota Twins rotation, they just got, they got juicy matchups. But Kenta Maeda and Odorizzi, are you taking either of them over Rich Hill? Please tell me you're taking Maeda over Rich Hill. Yeah, he did. You missed that part. He already oh, agreed I missed that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking Maeda. Okay. All right. And... At, least we got, at least we got one, Mike. Yeah, we we got one. One out. I can't believe you. You have Rich Hill's like a top forty pitcher. Then almost, it's. I mean, without doing ranks, these are guys that are probably roughly top forty ish, and um, overall like ADP as far as pitchers are going. Some of these guys we named. Yeah, I think that about forty probably sounds about right. Oh wow, I, that's intriguing. I don't agree, but that's interesting. I like Rich Hill's skill set. I don't know. We're not going to harp on that. We can bring that back for the next podcast. 
we're running a little long. Let's get through these questions. We only have like two more anyway. Justin Johnson at JJ underscore jet flying asks or fly in. I apologize. Asks this actually, I actually knew this question ahead of time because your uh, timeless thing jogged my memory, but drop David Fletcher for any of Kyle Seeger, Tommy LaStella, Hanser Alberto and Travis Shaw. And he's good outside of everywhere. He just needs average. So he's hesitant to drop Fletcher. But he thinks Alberto has more upside. I'm not sure Alberto has more upside personally, but I understand he's going to probably play more, I think. But ultimately, Zach, what do you think? Would you drop him for any of those names? I mean, I mentioned earlier Tommy LaStella. You think LaStella gets the job, so you would make the switch. I really really think they both could be in a a platoon situation. So take the strong side. I think I think Listella is going to get more at bats, um, and I, I just love Listella at the top of that order, like I said before. And what about you, George? Uh, name to me too. I, Mitchell I like, is not an option. <laughs> Rich Hill is not an option. I would drop David Fletcher for Rich Hill. <laughs> all right um no in all seriousness i think i i actually like hanser alberto <laughs> sorry i can't can't say his name right now george um drunk george is drunk <laughs> you know what yeah it's the it's the uh the it's man that's what got me on uh on rich hill no um <laughs> you, you, give, you give george a little liquor he's all about that rich hill <laughs> I said I said the appropriate way. We all know how I wanted to say it. Yep. yep. Okay. Anyway, uh, Hans Alberto. Yeah, I like Hans Alberto. Um, you know, he he the dude, especially if it's a daily league, especially if it's a daily, because he can hit. He he hit four hundred last year against lefties, or right around there. Um, and so I mean the the AL East, I I want to say they have maybe about ten or eleven lefties in those rotations out there in the in the AL East. So, um, yeah, I, I actually I. I don't mind Hans or Alberto at all. All right, cool. So I don't have to answer that one. You guys did good enough. Um, last question. Patrick Ryan at PRPO Rats. Like W-A-R-A-R. I don't know. I can't. I guess it's Rats. I am dropping Kevin Gossman, right? Maybe for a middle reliever that can get me wins. Um, <laughs> you're the Giants guy. I don't think he was going to do much more than five innings anyway. So I'm my opinion on him has kind of changed. What do you think about uh Gossman, George? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would, I would drop Kevin Gossman if there was someone there. Would you know, drop him for like a Drew Pomeranz? I'm looking at ADP and Pomeranz was right after him. Yeah, I'd rather have Drew Pomeranz. Um, John Means, Kyle Gibson, these are guys I'd rather have over Gossman, and yeah. they're going behind him. Uh, Matt Shoemaker, even I'd rather have over him at this point. He's going behind him. Kikuchi, if that if the uh, velo is up, just these are some uh, starters I'd rather have. But maybe I'm um, looking for some middle relievers. He mentioned middle relievers. Maybe you can get Corbin Burns. I know Burns kind of jumped a little yeah. bit. Corbin Burns is the name I was going to throw out there as a middle relief type guy. I would definitely take him over Gossman, with the but chance yeah. that Burns could even step into a starting role. But even if you need the middle reliever, I think Burns is a better option than Gossman. Assuming he's available, we don't know your yeah. league, but yeah, no, I'm I'm good with that move. And we gave you some names as far as starters. We rather, I think, we rather have over him too. Uh, Spencer Turnbull is going behind him. Trevor Rosenthal, if you want to take a speculative uh, ad on the potential closer over there, because there's been rumblings of it, possibly him fighting for that spot in KC. Homer Bailey, 
way underappreciated at, at going almost 550th overall. So there's a few names for you to consider. Again, both on the rotation, starting rotation, yeah, and, and in the, the bullpen. Did you the, say the Giants? Um, the the Giants' schedule is is pretty brutal. That uh, too. <laughs> to start the season. So I mean, yeah, it, guys like Gosman really take a hit. I mean, they go at the Dodgers. And then uh, assuming he's like after Cueto and Samarja, I mean, he's at the Dodgers and then versus the Rangers uh, and then at Colorado uh, and then at the Dodgers again. Uh, I think he might miss the Astros, but then uh, against the A's, he's got the Angels in there. Then the Dodgers again, it's just brutal. The the, the Giants, I mean, yeah, it's sometimes uh, Giants pitchers could be some to find some sneaky value in just because of their home park, but their schedule is just so brutal. Yeah. I, I don't want, I'm, I don't feel bad for you though. You have all those championships to look back at. So I don't feel bad at you. How much longer can I, can I, can I like, you know, I asked the Mets fan. Back to those champions. Yeah. The Mets I mean, fan. He still, he still wishes he, he had one of them. He just wants one of those. Thank so. you. <laughs> I don't even know what to say, George. You've you've gotten three championships. I don't know what the hell any of that feels like. I'm 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 a part of a baseball carnival. Okay, that's what I'm a part of. <laughs> well, with that said, it's it's coming up. We're it's a longer podcast, but with the season coming, we have a lot more information to get out there, and we haven't we've had a lot less time to do it. So we appreciate you joining us. Speaking of baseball carnival, Zach, you have a new project in the works. Just plug all your work on the way out, man, because you got we're all so busy. This is like the one thing we still keep in common, but we have so much other work we do. So if anybody interested in anybody else's work, please, Zach, seriously, plug yourself on the way out. And then George will get to you and I'll finish us off. Yeah, so you can find <laughs> me, um, Exit Velocity Podcast, Exit Velocity PC. And we've got some good guests lined up. We actually do. we got the former uh, former Marlins and Padres reliever, Carter Caps, is coming on the show this week. Uh, current, Hot step. Yeah, the Hop Step that has now been banned. And he's a current coach at Driveline. So excited for that interview. That'll be out later this week. And as Mike mentioned, I'm, I'm starting up a, a project here. Uh, I, I, I talk way too much about the Mets, so I figure why not bring it to a uh, more Mets central uh, location. So we're starting up, uh, me and my buddy Joe, we're starting up a, a Mets podcast uh, slash uh, Twitter page. It's called the Mets Baseball Carnival because – that's basically what it's been. <laughs> that will be the theme music right there. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> no, that's basically what uh what it's been the past 30 years, just being uh, on a carnival. It's a nonstop ride being a Mets fan. And uh, yeah, so you can find that uh, podcast. You can find us over at Mets BB Carnival. And I'm looking forward to getting that going. George, what about you, man? You're everywhere too these days. You do more yeah. than me. I never thought I'd say that because most like I had somebody introduce me as Mike Curlin from the internet on a podcast recently. From the internet. <laughs> I, I laughed. It was hilarious because I get my hands a little bit everywhere, but you are doing far more than I am these days. What are you doing? Yeah. And so r- right now, I mean, um, I've got the Roto Ranks going on. I'm still doing the Roto Ranks pod, which I need to get back to. Um, we got articles coming out, uh, you know, our rankings over there at Roto Ranks. And then uh fan tracks doing a lot of work there uh at, over at fan tracks so you could that's where pretty much you can find most of most of my work you know uh, apart from from this podcast i mean this is still my favorite thing i always you know every week i look forward to this getting together with you guys and talking baseball so this is still my number one thing right here and i guess it leaves me 
I'm the best. I do everything. Okay. Uh, <laughs> obviously, and I think I don't know if you guys dropped your Twitter handles, but obviously George is at Roto underscore Nino. Zach is at Brav Z. I'm at Mike underscore Curlin. You can obviously follow the podcast at Base Loaded Pod, and then of course beer, a beer, bourbon, baseball every Tuesday ish night, usually 9 p.m. Eastern at Three Bs of Baseball. And yeah, Roto Baller is still kind of writing for them here and there, and kind of staying busy. Got some things in the works as always behind the scenes, but um, other than that, guys. Appreciate you listening, us listening to us ramble at this point. And um, if you're still here, five starting review on your way out would be greatly appreciated. All that really does help us out. We are so grateful for you guys tuning in and sticking with us through all this. We know that it's been a long ride, but baseball is finally here. It's or almost here. This is the first waiver wire show of many. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we'll talk to you soon.